0: Hi, guys. I'm here with Krista, who's the founder of Amwa Designs, which was established in 2014. Amwa Designs goes beyond design for its own sake, uh, creates handmade textiles and print designs for the home. Its designs are underpinned by the beauty and integrity in great craftsmanship. And it's built on the principle that our homes and private spaces should be enveloped with beautiful furnishings um, and evoke powerful and positive thoughts within us. Um, So thank you very much, Krista, for joining me um not at all and I'd I'd like to start off by just asking you a bit about how you came up with Amwa Designs and I know it's got a um uh it's with intertwined with culture as well so it'd be great to hear how you kind of married the two and how you came up with the idea itself
1: sure um well if I take it back many many years ago um I actually did art for A-level and I remember my art teacher Miss Stubbs saying that I should consider doing textile design um, as a degree. And at that time, I really didn't understand what textile design was. I knew that I'd have to do an extra year at a foundation art course. And, you know, the questions that immediately sprung to mind were, how am I going to make money from this? And it just sounded like an extra year of debt and (laughs) I was just not, not having it. So I brushed it aside. And then life happened. And then a good 10 or so years later, um, I found myself all through my career. So I actually went on to do a degree in broadcast journalism at Leeds University, but it wasn't necessarily to become a journalist, but more for the, I think, the communication-based skills that it would give me. And not being 100% sure of what I wanted to do, I knew that having that foundation would allow me to communicate or, you know, to have these transferable skills. And so I did work within a journalism space for a while and that evolved into business development. And I was working in really creative Spaces. So for a time, I worked at the Barbican, Europe's largest multi art centre. Um, I worked at a, you know very well known architects' um, practice and um, design agencies and so on and so forth. And I always, I was always client side, but I always found myself looking over my shoulders at the creative people in the teams, wishing that I was on that side, but not necessarily wanting to do exactly what they were doing. But, um, knowing that I missed being creative, so I um, uh, yeah, something prompted me. I had an idea in the back of my mind because my family's from Ghana, and um, there are some very well-known symbols called Adinkra, and they've existed for hundreds of years, and there are hundreds of them. And um, they're intended to encourage personal well-being and social harmony, and they each come with proverbial meanings that help illustrate, those um, meanings and so on. But um, I knew I wanted to do something with that, but had it because it's been so long since I'd done anything creative, I thought, let me look into doing a short course um, or something. And I, you know, I, I think it was a Saturday night and I was looking on the Central Saint Martins website for their short courses and I saw that there was a short course going to start on the Tuesday with um it was called drawing and painting for textile design and I was like oh my gosh it starts on Tuesday what if they've sold out yes. I was really panicked and first thing Monday morning I called them I was like do you have any spaces left And like yeah sure and literally that was the beginning um of it all and so course director was Dominique L'Olive who's since become a very good friend and it was a five week course I believe but I remember for five weeks I was obsessed like I was coming home and trying things out and doing things and I'd, I'd go into the class the next week having done what and Dominique was planning on teaching that week, or I remember now she says to me, "I used to find you so annoying because you wouldn't stop asking questions but I was obsessed and also I must say um when I did the course, there were a number of other people doing the course, and everyone has different reasons for why they're doing these sorts of things but um some women one woman worked for Ted Baker. Um, a well-known clothing brand, Um, another woman was an illustrator. They all seemed to be working in industry or appeared to have a lot more experience than I did. So I felt a bit of an underdog, and maybe a part of me was, like, working doubly hard just to try and catch up. Like, I would look at their work in class and be like, oh, gosh, look, she's so good, or he's so good. And um, so when I finished that course, um, I said to Dominic, okay, what should I do next? And she said, looking at your style, I think you should do. Um, an introduction to screen printing and um so then i signed up for another course that was at london college of communication again became obsessed there as well and um i remember one week we had like a cover tutor who'd been screen printing for like 20 something years and he showed us his print works and they were stunning some of them looked photographic that's how Good, they are, and if you know anything about screen printing, that's a real skill yeah. to be able to emulate. That. Do you mind and, describing um,
0: what what screen printing is? I'm not too familiar.
1: Yeah, of course. Okay, so screen printing is the art form of transferring images um, manually from an image that has been projected on or has been created. Traditionally, it was called silk screen printing because the screen was made from silk, but now it's made out of nylon. Okay, but um, without getting too technical, basically you create an image onto a screen and it allows you to very precisely apply colour and repeat. So if you just think about the clothes we wear and the patterns that appear on the fabrics of the clothes, Mm -hmm. you know, that's one way of creating those images, um, screen printing Mm -hmm. or maybe a more modern and... um, a more modern and quicker way to do that is digital printing, but effectively it's the same principle. So it's creating images for fabric or paper okay. um, and the like. So that's keeping it as simple as possible. But yeah, so he, I mean, he saw my work and was really encouraging. it was like, you no, know, you should really look at pursuing this. If this is where you're at now, you know, um, you could go on to do something great. So that was really encouraging to have somebody, you know, um, see promise in me if you like but then he was talking about he said oh we've got a three-year degree here and at this point you know I was working I had financial commitments and in my head I was like I have not got time to be doing a three-year degree yeah and so I went back to Dominique I was, like, Dominique what do I do she's like do a master's and because the option was to either keep doing lots of short courses to get the skill set that I needed to to try and fulfill this idea that I had in my head or I could do one year of intense practice where I would have access to resource and materials and you know um, experts to guide me on my technique and so on and at the end of it have a qualification so again I, I applied for the masters after the um, deadline was passed and you know I had to sort of jump I've, I've been doing this now for three years and it feels that At every point, I've sort of had to jump over hoops to get to anywhere and sort of have approached a lot of things as an underdog. So on one hand, it's very encouraging. Like, you should never feel, oh, I don't have enough experience. Like, if you're really interested in something and really want to do it, apply yourself, and it's not impossible. The fact that I was um, allowed on, you know, I was given an unconditional offer for the master's course at Chelsea College of Art and Design, you know, after the mm. deadline passed. Congratulations. That was literally based on the short courses that I had done and um, shows how much work I did on those short courses, but that was enough to qualify me onto the master's course. Um, and it was the best year of my life. Like, I learned so much about myself. I pushed myself beyond belief. Um, I was on a course with the most amazing cohort of students people that had either done textile design as their BA or or had worked in industry and I learned so much from them and they were the kindest group to ever work with you would ask for you know a pair of scissors and you'd have 10 scissors offered to you like and we've all stayed in touch and it's been really nice to see how everybody's design journey is evolving but um i mean this is three in three years a lot's happened long story short best year ever to do my ma and um i was encouraged to look at exhibiting at milan design week um at the end um, of the year because so i had planned to do a christmas market and one of my tutors had said christmas market forget that you should be aiming for milan design week and i was like oh oh, okay, you know, sometimes we don't have enough belief in ourselves, but I remember um, at my final show, because you do a final show at the end of your MA, and, you know, throughout the year, you've maybe had friends or family say, oh, your work's really nice, but it's very different when strangers are asking about buying your work, and it's like, oh, right, yeah. People are interested in buying it, then it must be decent. So that was really encouraging. So had you, and
0: I, did you, were you able to produce work for Milan Design Week, and that's where you started to interact with people that were interested in purchasing your work? Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, Milan was great because literally the whole world turns up to Milan for Milan Design Week. I met people from all over the world. Um, there was a lot of press interest in my work because of this narrative as well. Everything about animal Designs is inspired by the values of Adinkra, um, especially with the sense of combining beautiful design with meaningful design for our personal living spaces and lending itself to clothing as and where um, opportunities arise to do so. So, yeah, it was a great experience. It teaches you a lot about yourself. It forces you, you know, a lot of endurance. It's, It's not a cheap thing to do either. So it's been very expensive and it's been about how, you know, I remember once reading this Richard Branson quote that said, when great opportunities present themselves, say yes and figure out the how afterwards. And there's been a lot of that done in the past three years because, you know, some really great opportunities have been offered to me. And initially looking at it, you might say, oh, I don't have enough money to do that. It's going to cost X, Y and Z to make that happen or it's a short lead time. But then you have to think about, you know, what's the greater benefit in if you are able to pull this off, well, how will you benefit from it? How yeah. will it help your business and idea? So I've really pushed myself and encouraged myself in those ways. Um, I, it seems to be paying off.
0: Okay. So just just to find out, so you've been working on this business for for three years. How did you go about um, finding even the, the materials and the things that would allow it to be to take your designs and actually put it in the homeware that you wanted to create?
1: Well I mean a lot of knowledge comes from doing the MA but then okay. Okay. you never there are certain things that I remember going to a talk with the fashion designer Mary Katranzu and she said you know if she knew at the beginning what she knew then she's not saying that she she would have probably thought a bit more about going ahead and launching her own fashion label and when she said that it completely resonated like nobody can prepare you or teach you for the challenges that you are going that are going to be thrown your way or the obstacles that you're going to be forced to overcome and there are many instances where it feels like you know it's either sink or swim and we don't sink so we swim harder so it comes back to building a really strong network um sharing ideas that i think that's really important don't be afraid to share your ideas I remember when I was much younger there was this whole idea if you said it to anyone what if it didn't happen and then you look stupid or, you know, what if they copy our idea? Nobody can copy you. You are you. People might try and put their own spin on it but you know integrity always shines through so whatever with whatever you're doing if it's coming from a place of integrity it will always shine through and it's by sharing ideas sharing problems that sometimes people come up with solutions that you can't see at that time so that's where the knowledge comes from and people pointing you in the right direction or introducing you to people um, saying I'll oh, speak to this person, they can help you, and so on.
0: So have you have you got a team that you also work with from speaking to people or just advisors that you can sort of um, ask for help?
1: Well, um, so over the summer in particular, I always get interest from students, design students, who wish to do internships. So um, I I have a number of interns that work with me on rotation. Um, as and when... Um, Uh, I sort of, how's the best way to describe it? Um, I work with, um, oh, how do I describe it? Sorry. I work with people. So for example, with the fabrics that we produce, when they're being produced on a bigger scale, I work with a factory that will then print, um, the fabric, you know, we work together and I go there, I, I'm with them, we're printing the fabrics and the wallpaper and then, um, I work with for my branding and so on. There's a brilliant design agency called Planning Unit, and we do all my like logo and branded materials together and so on. So there aren't any in-house employees, so to speak, but also know when know where your talents are and know when you need to draw in external expertise. So that's yeah. what okay.
0: I do. Okay, so so some of the things, some of the um, aspects of your business you keep in-house and other things you can sort of
1: outsource. Yeah, outsource. Yeah yeah that's it
0: and um how did you start to land your first few clients or people that you've worked with how did you go about for example the marketing to to sort of um get that exposure
1: when you're starting trade shows like Milan Design Week are really valuable and important so there are a lot comes from there press is also a great opportunity um people see your brand and they see what you're doing and it creates interest and there are some conversations that you had where nothing comes of it straight away and maybe it's a year later or you know a few months later that someone comes back to you so always explore opportunities or interests and sometimes you park them saying that that one's a bit of a, a burner that one will take a bit of time this one's more immediate um yeah so it's word of mouth it's marketing it's press
0: trade shows,
1: <clears throat> trade shows commissions yeah. that sort of thing
0: Okay. And how would you say your average week is is like working on the business?
1: Um, no two days are ever the same. I can have a rough plan for the week and then I'll get an email. For example, um, I had a meeting last Monday with an interior designer and for our meeting we were speaking she said, oh, actually we're having a photo shoot on Wednesday and we'd love to, you know, use some of your cushions and blah, blah, blah. So then that, you know, that was never the plan on Monday, that on Wednesday there's going to be a photo shoot. But then you rearrange things and you facilitate it so that it can happen. So
0: you have to be quite flexible.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Okay, And are there any things that you do personally just to make sure that you kind of stay on top of all? Um, I can imagine working something that involves you having to be quite flexible can sometimes feel a bit erratic. How do you kind of keep yourself sane or <laughs> just things that you yeah. just do for yourself?
1: Um well, for me my the gym is really important. I actually wake up Monday to Friday. I wake up at five. sorry, I've got um buzzers coming through. Let me no. um let me just switch that off while I um, yeah, let me just uh, right, so, um, as I was saying, yeah, so. I, actually Monday to Friday I wake up, wake up at five thirty every morning and um, I'm in the gym by quarter to seven and that's really important for me um, it helps me de-stress um, and then um, and yeah that's been the main thing for me like to be honest if you're committing to something like this and probably for anybody that's going about starting their own business they'll agree like you do it gets to a point where you have to make a lot of sacrifices it means your social life dies Mm. um it Mm. means (laughs) that financially yeah but it's the truth financially you have to decide how your any money that you do have what is that going in that's going into building your brand and your business so you know that's money for you know shopping for unnecessary luxuries is just not on the radar it's all about well you know certain things need to be paid for if you're having a photo shoot done there's a photographer that needs to be paid for so you have to then rearrange and redecide your priorities um it is important like you were saying um your personal care because there are times where you're going to feel overwhelmed there are times where you're going to feel burnt out so you're in it for the long haul so you have to think about how do i look after myself so that I can ensure my, you know, my long term in this race, so to speak. And um, what else? Um, yeah, those are the main things I would say.
0: Yeah. Um, okay, so just looking at how you, or oh, the, the working history and um, before you started Amwar Designs, did you have yeah. businesses as a young child that kind of have, you've learnt from, or how did you go from not having a business to learning how to operate a business?
1: Um, so, for a few years, when I was working between um my degree and until I started um I had been working in business development, so that was always like client service management or income generation so you know i did i must admit i was lucky enough to have some experience and background in contracts and negotiations and have a a, a decent sense of how you know profit you know the relevance of a profit margin and all of those sorts of things. But like I said, there are so many things that you cannot be taught. Like it's, you have to go through it. You have to open a letter from HMRC that's saying something that, um, you know, all of a sudden you need to get that information for. So you can have like a, I think it's really important to have a foundation of knowledge, but there's a constant learning that comes with it and different scenarios will present themselves with different challenges. So... Um, I was helped by the fact that I had worked in business development, sponsorships, partnerships, dealing with other people. Dealing with other people is also very important. It's a very important skill set when it comes to building your network. Mm. Um, I'll come back to network. But um, building your network, dealing with suppliers, there are going to be times where people owe you money and in turn you owe other people money. How are you going to manage those relationships? Um, I would say, don't put your head in the sand. Um, you know, if and ignore you ignore messages someone,
0: and things like that. Uh,
1: don't do that <laughs> because then people are working with you in the long term. But just be honest, say to people, listen. I'm waiting for money. It hasn't come through. That I now owe you. Please bear with me. I ask you for your patience. You know those, and then you build long-standing relationships. And when you have really good long-standing relationships, it makes other as You know, it makes things run more efficiently and smoothly so bear things like that in mind and as you're building your network you never know who in your who's in your network and who knows who so remember that it's a very small world and also remember to treat people you know there'll be times where you're tired or whatever but I always try and treat people as courteously as possible just because it's a nice thing and decent thing to do but you never know when your paths will cross or where your business interests will overlap and if you haven't gone about nurturing positive and constructive um, relationships, that may backfire and come back to bite you yeah. um, In later down the road. Also, um, when it comes to things like look for mentors and maybe in turn you'll also be someone else's mentor and don't be afraid to sort of share advice or experiences. I've had so many people give me so much of their time um, with nothing but goodwill um also don't just wait till you need something from someone before you contact them and um,
0: so what's and, the best uh, how would you advise keeping in contact with your with your network when you're you don't really necessarily have anything particular that you you need from them or they they need from you but you just want to kind of as you say maintain that relationship
1: so one thing one way to do that is through having a like a newsletter and letting people know what you're up to um another way is if you're receiving someone else's newsletter or you know you've seen their success story or something something that they've done that you've come across just dropping them a line of congratulations or oh it'd be great to catch up over a coffee sometime it's not always feasible but just show people that you're thinking of them or ask them how's it going yeah. um i had really i learned something from somebody last year she had was picking my brain for information and then you know, I gave her what she'd asked for, whatever. And then um, at the end of the meeting, she said, "Now, is there anything I can do for you?" And that really caught me by surprise. Like, also, don't just look to take from people. Ask people what they can also um, do for you. So, what yeah. you can also do yeah. for them. Sorry. So that's yeah. a really good way to
0: end end the meeting. Is actually is to kind of offer your offer your help in any way that you possibly can. Even if you can't think of it, they might be able to suggest a method.
1: Yeah. And one thing, and particularly that this um, podcast is speaking especially to women of colour, I think one thing it's really important to say, um, a friend of mine, I was speaking to a friend of mine who's just been to a really glamorous sounding wedding in India, and she was just going into detail about all the extravagancies of this beautiful wedding, but she was just saying, you know, it was just very obvious and clear to see that this family had a great network, and you know that part of their business success had been built on that. And as a community, perhaps sometimes black, um, the black community doesn't share that. Mm. And so when okay. we come to building networks, like you have to understand the value, your value, and the value of the information that you're sharing, but also know when to give it in kind. Um, I recently had an experience with somebody who I had you know, given lots of information to and in turn I was borrowing from his, his he comes from a legal background and was borrowing um, from his legal expertise, but all of a sudden from his perspective he wanted an exchange of that had monetary value, shall we say, to that exchange. And it did throw me off guard because you just have to, just have to. I mean, I'm not saying people should give away their information for free, but know that there are other ways to collect value, if that yeah. makes sense. So just be mindful of that.
0: Mm-hmm. And now, I know, I know you don't have too much um, time left over, but just looking forward to the future of Amwa Designs. What are your yeah. sort of goals for the for the future?
1: So the goals for the future. So we've actually signed a contract to do. Um, quite a major hotel refurbishment in Lusaka in Zambia. So we're just finalising details on that, and that's a really big deal. Um, And to have more projects like that would be amazing. Um, And, yeah, to to grow the business so that, you know, it's in a happy place where I've got a few team members that I can offload some of my workload to. Um, Also, I don't know if you know, but alongside our designs, I'm also the founding director of Africa by Design, which is an exhibition platform that showcases the best of Africa's design talent and this year was our inaugural year. Um, We launched in March in Accra, Ghana, then exhibited in London for Design Junction and at the beginning of November um, exhibited in Dubai at Alcicle Avenue. So it was very bold and ambitious to have three exhibitions in three different continents and the the exhibition features the work of 26 different designers from six different sub-Saharan countries. So to be doing that alongside AMA Designs has been intense, to say the least. But um, the plan is to grow both of them. How can we keep you in contact
0: with, with um, Africa by Design as well?
1: Oh, brilliant, well, Africa by Design has a website but by that same name, okay. Design.org. Okay. Also have an Instagram page and um, amwa designs has an instagram page it's amwa spelled a-m-w-a underscore designs and um yeah we like to update and um you know inform people what we're doing people can always drop me an email and i will add them to the mailing list but um, we're on twitter as well so we're always excited to share our progress and development
0: fantastic both of those sound um like great things for those who are interested in joining just to follow and see if they can get involved um or myself would just be interested to attend um that sort of exhibition just to see what the community are doing
1: well i'd be definitely sure to let you know when we've got our we're currently finalizing plans for next year so as soon as that's all detailed um i would definitely be sharing it with you thank you
0: thank Thank you
1: thank you Um,
0: and before you go do you have any advice for other women who are interested in starting a business but don't know where to begin
1: Um, first of all understand your reasons why are you starting a business like really understand that does it does it does it sound like a nice thing to do is it because it looks glamorous like if those are the reasons that's not the right reason to start a business is it because you really believe in the value of your product you really feel there's a space for it in the marketplace um is it the idea of creating something that you know has legacy has impact you know just just be aware of your reasons for wanting to start it and then be prepared to work your butt off plus times a hundred and um also there are going to be days where it's really challenging and you need to know that you're not going to buckle at the first challenges like you know um what's the saying a smooth sea never made a great sailor so If you think that, you know, you don't want anything that's going to be too stressful, people like the idea of working themselves because sometimes when you're working for somebody else, it feels like stress, but nothing feels like stress until you're spinning a hundred different plates at the same time. So know that you're prepared. You love your idea. You love your product so much that you're willing to go through all of that. And then also, like I was saying before, you're going to have to make sacrifices. Are you willing to make those sacrifices? for the greater good, the longer term vision. And then if all the answer to that, plus probably lots of other points that I haven't mentioned is yes, then go for it and go for it times a hundred.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you again for all the tips you've given me. And thank to those who you. are listening in the in the podcast, I think that you've shared some extremely valuable tips and resources for us to follow. So I really appreciate that.
1: You're more than welcome. I wish everyone all the best.
0: Thank you guys for listening and I'll catch you next time on She Did It Anyway.